welcome to the three inning save podcast. No three inning save for the Dodgers, so immediately just a much worse week. A terrible week, I some would say. Uh, yeah, no three inning save. How could you possibly have a good week? Um, part of it is because they didn't even have a lead to protect in the last <laughs> few games uh, against the Diamondbacks because the Dodgers are a 500 team, just like they were last week when we recorded. So maybe uh, maybe that's our lot uh, this year. It's a three inning save. So, <laughs> but hey, if it, it you know. If we get a three inning save every two weeks, I think we'll. <laughs> who? What fan wouldn't take that trade off of every every ten games? <laughs> I think is I think is the the thing here. So if you look at it in that, uh, I'm missing the playoffs being mediocre, good. but you get that. Well, three inning save though. <laughs> we'll break down uh, why why this team is so iffy. See if uh, we think there's reason to hope things they they could change. Question from Greg after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's it's a thing where you could say, well, you know, other than really egregious starts from uh, Noah Syngard and Michael Grove, Dodgers were, you know, would have been in those two brutal losses. And, you know, especially if you wanted to add on a pretty iffy, mediocre start by Clayton Kershaw. The problem is that's two and a half of their starters. And that's a that's a big part of baseball. Yeah, that's that's rough. Other other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, yeah. how was the play? Right. <laughs> but like. No, it was, you know, it's all about perspective, right? Like they're they look terrible over the weekend, which is which teams are are want to do sometimes. Uh and but they're still 5 and 5, so it's not they're not like 2 and 8, you know, or something. <laughs> Whatever the Lakers started this year, I think they were 2 and 10 <laughs> at some point. Um but yeah, like I don't know. Like it was um And they have played a lot of games against the division leading Arizona Diamondbacks. That's so. that's true. The juggernaut Diamondbacks, uh, who, because of the scheduling, so this year we talked about this, where every team plays everybody. Instead of 19 divisional games against each, each team, it's 13. So they've played eight of their 10 games against the Diamondbacks, and they don't play them again until August. <laughs> so it's just like this weird, funny schedule quirk. But yeah, like um, the, the Dodgers, the other sort of perspective on this, the Dodgers won their first three games since we last recorded, and uh, they were barreling toward an undefeated week uh but then then the, then the weekend happened uh not the not the um actor slash singer um but the the Diamondbacks scored 29 runs in the last three games of the weekend it was a four game series um you mentioned Kershaw he he made his 400th career start Friday uh so he's like he's the 34th uh major league pitcher to start that many times for one team um, I don't think he's going to get to the Walter Johnson's record of 666 starts with the Senators, unless maybe Kershaw makes a deal with the devil to get to 666, and then you never know. Um, not putting it past him. Um, but he pitched six innings, so that in itself, fine. But in that sixth inning, he gave it back-to-back homers. Uh, a so week after one, Eric Steven assured us that giving up a lot of homers was in Clayton Kershaw's past and an aberration and a thing to get improved upon. It, it, I, 
I don't believe what my exact quote was. I let's think just, they were. Let's just assume it was. It's <laughs> over. Yeah, I think there's no more. I did the Vince Carter after the dunk contest. Like it's over. Like, um, yeah, it's excellent on an audio podcast. Um, so that game. It, so Kershaw leaves with like a one-run deficit. Bullpen comes in. It becomes a three-run deficit because the bullpen's <laughs> been bad. And um, and then in Saturday's game, the bullpen allowed six more runs. That like was bad, but it looked even worse because Noah Syndergaard, who started, also gave up six runs. <laughs> and, and so the Dodgers scored eight. Uh, a game that I think you know most teams win. I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like. 85 to 90 percent of the time and then they lost 12 to you, 8 you texted craig and i i think in something in the beginning of that game and i was in uh easter vigil service saturday so i couldn't check the score until afterwards and so i load my phone up and it had been a while since you texted so i was like oh maybe they made a comeback and who knows maybe you were complaining that oh they gave up two runs or something like that yeah and so it uploaded and it's like dodgers at the time i think it was seven runs that they had i was like hey maybe come back oh no <laughs> that's yeah it's more than seven runs by the other team they uh i they led the dodgers led that game four nothing in the first inning <laughs> and they and they lost by four uh but then so then the bullpen got taxed even further on sunday because Michael Grove got absolutely torched and was yanked with one out in the fourth. He gave up nine runs. Um, but like all this, you know, taxing of the bullpen, the bullpen being bad, it's like just like this bad combo that sort of feeds on itself, especially when the when the starters aren't good. Um, and the Dodgers scored six on Sunday, too. They just lost 11 to six. So um, the Dodgers bullpen has been kind of bad in the early going. Again, we're talking about 10 games, 482 ERA. It ranks 20th. It, it, they have a FIP of 297. Take that for what it's worth. That's actually fourth best. Um, they're 5% walk rate from the bullpen. Very good. Lowest in Major League Baseball. But they aren't striking anybody out. The bullpen, 19.4%. Um, that's 24th in the majors. Like the last, in recent years, the Dodgers have been very good just generally in the bullpen. Um, even though, like, you know, people are going to complain about the bullpen even when the bullpen's good. Same thing for like hitting with runners in scoring position. Even when the Dodgers have led like every single category in runners in scoring position, it's like, oh, this team can't get it by a hit with whatever. So take that for what it's worth. But uh, they've been in the top four in baseball in strikeout rate out of the bullpen in four of the last six years. They were fourth last year. Fewer strikeouts, it should be obvious, it leads to more balls in play. That's more subject to variance than, you know, strikeouts are. Um, Dodgers relievers this year have a 333 batting average on balls in play. MLB wide is 299 um, on, on just everything. So, um, you know, maybe maybe part of it's bad luck. Maybe they're getting hitting a, hit around a little more. But uh, I think the, the sort of bullpen, given how it's been used and how taxed it, I think they could use a fresh arm. So we're recording this Monday. So by the time people are listening to this like any sort of move i'm talking about here might have already happened or didn't happen but they enter into this series against the giants three games um starting monday night um they will i'm guessing they will probably have four at least four of the eight relievers unavailable which it's so weird um that in Okay, there's a limit now, so teams can quote unquote only carry 13 pitchers. Um, it's wild to me with eight man bullpens how often teams are like really short on available relief. It's just how mm -hmm. they just how they are used. Sometimes it's a schedule thing, but if you look like um, Phil Bickford threw two innings Sunday, part of that like cleanup effort. Uh, Shelby Miller threw an inning and two thirds, both through 27 pitches. You know, you would figure it's unlikely they'll pitch Monday. Caleb Ferguson threw 29 pitches in his one inning Sunday. Andre Jackson threw 30 pitches in two innings Saturday. It was very much not a three inning save. Um, he, I think he when he he entered down uh, was in it was nine six I think when he entered the other way. Um, so and then Bruiser Gratterall pitched Friday and Saturday. So if he pitches Monday, it'd be this. He'd pitch three out of four. The Dodgers have only done that once this year. Was Phil Bickford earlier in the week? Alex Vesia threw twenty pitches Saturday. So taking it all into account, they have a very light bullpen. Now the positive 
is that of all the people in the rotation to have a light bullpen with Julio Urias is the best option because um, he's just been their most reliable in terms of just going like at least six innings. Um, and one, one plus, I guess this is one of those funny things. If you're on the road and you lose, you only have to pitch eight innings most of the time. So you're actually saving your bullpen by being a bad team uh, sometimes. But no, um, Urias is starting Monday, so it's not like super dire. But I think to me, this is also about Michael Grove, who's been very bad in his two starts now. Uh, in fairness, against the Rockies on Monday, he allowed three runs in four innings. He was also sick leading up to that, and there was some question to uh, whether he might even make that start. So if you want to like completely dismiss that, fine. But he also gave up nine runs on 12 hits in three and third innings on Sunday. He might have been left in to wear it a little bit. It is still so early in the season, but like if you look at, you know, like this is a, one of those fun small sample size things, fun being in quotes. Um, Michael Grove's ERA right now, 1473. His expected ERA on the stat cast is uh, 320. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Robert said after the game Sunday, um, I believe uh, Jack Harris had this in the story. I did not. Uh, I did not watch Sunday's game. I caught up with it after I got home from Easter stuff with family, and uh, I did not find the actual video. The the truncated thing that Sportsnet LA put out did not include this part, but Dave Roberts said that Grove would get at least one more start. So my sort of theory was that Grove should be optioned on Monday because he shouldn't start again, like mm-hmm. next time out, um, and they figure out the starter later, but right now you're getting an extra reliever. Um I will say this, that in the part that Sportsnet LA shared, um, Robert sounded very exasperated when talking about Grove's outing, not not to the point of like, he's like, I'm done with this guy. But like, let's just hear, this is what um, uh, Robert had to say about Grove uh, from Sportsnet LA. You know, I, th- I think today, uh, you know, we got beat on in every facet. Um, Mark Michael wasn't sharp, um, getting behind in the count. Um, and... They were on the fastball. They were on everything. You know, when he made him, when he threw the breaking ball, it was elevated, and uh, they put the bat on the ball. Got some flare hits. Hit some a lot of balls hard, um, and so for us to have to try to cover, you know, five plus, it was tough. But at some point, you know, he threw enough pitches, and we had to find a way to cover it, and you know, get through the game. So in total, uh, twelve runs on fourteen hits for Grove. And again, seven and a third innings. I, in my opinion, like that, that is not good enough to earn a third start. Like if you want to be charitable and say sick one start, had to wear it a little bit Sunday, fine. But like, it's rough. <laughs> like, ro- like roster wise, it would make sense to option him Monday. So you get an extra reliever for four games before his start Saturday or that start Saturday. But obviously, that's not going to happen. Another quirk of the roster right now, because the Dodgers opened the year with eight players, eight pitchers, excuse me, on the injured list. They only have two pitchers who are on the 40-man who aren't already active. So uh, it's lefties, Victor Gonzalez and Justin Brule. Gonzalez pitched Sunday, uh, pitched very well, uh, striking out three of uh, the four outs he he uh, pitched. And Justin Brule pitched Friday. I believe he struck out four in that outing. So... Both are pitching well, but like, yeah. Um, the other thing is starting options after Michael Grove right now are kind of limited, at least for the next few weeks or the rest of the month. Tony Gonsolin is at best slated for late April uh, return, but like that's seeming like a pipe dream at this point. Like his, he had bullpen sessions this week. I believe he faced hitters in Arizona at Camelback Ranch on Wednesday. Uh, Dave Roberts, I don't remember if this was about the one of the bullpen sessions or – the facing hitters on Wednesday, but Roberts was like, like you know, kind of, eh, kind of went okay. It wasn't like the best moment. He's still dealing with the ankle sprain, but he also has to like progress to like facing more hitters, maybe a sim game, and then he probably has to have like two or three rehab starts. So like we're still like a ways away from him returning. Ryan Pepio has an oblique strain. Like when's the last time you've ever heard of someone with an oblique strain returning right away? <laughs> Like, that just never happens. So, like, he's, like, out until he's not. They could, like, if they wanted to, like, have Andre Jackson start, but, like, he's probably, given how he's been used, 
he's like a three, four inning guy. And then it's essentially like a bullpen game, but not a full bullpen game kind of a thing. They could call up Gavin stone. Like he's not on the 40 man. Um, but, uh, Alex Reyes also, uh, one of those injured list pitchers. He's not expected to be out back for a while because he had shoulder surgery last May and is still recovering. Uh, I don't think he's even throwing yet as of like last week, I believe, Dave Roberts said he was just doing like plyo work at Camelback Ranch, so like not really doing much at all. Um, Stone is slated to start Tuesday for Oklahoma City. Again, given what Roberts said about Grove starting Saturday, I expect Stone to still start that game for Oklahoma City. But if it were up to me, uh, I think he's Stone's probably the best option right now if they wanted to insert like, you know, fresh blood or whatever. And Stone had a bad first game in Oklahoma, yeah, right? Six, six runs in like two and two thirds. No, and then he, one started not reading anything. Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's the thing. Like he's not like, um, um, like an obvious solution. He just has a better, higher upside than, mm-hmm. than Grove basically. Um, so like, that's the thing this year we've talked about this. There's a lot of, uh, potential, for a lot of the roster choices they made, but there's a lot of variance too, like of stuff that might not happen when you're relying on so many relative unknowns, like a lot of it has to go right um, for you to sort of win. Now that we've talked about how bad the pitching was, a lot of those choices have gone right, especially on the offensive side. Um, The Dodgers offense right now, uh, again, only 10 games. They're averaging six runs a game. They've scored five or more in seven out of 10 doing really well. Um, James Outman, one of those rookie choices, uh, has been dynamic, I would say, at the plate and in center field. I think he's also uh, played left a couple games. But um, Will Smith has been great uh, at the plate. Freddie Freeman, uh, he's hitting 421 uh, entering Monday. Um, He and Miguel Vargas have uh, both reached base more than half the time. And um, (laughs) so MLB announced Monday – they're doing these, like, uh, I believe Dairy Queen is termed a partner of uh, MLB. And so they're going to do ads with, like, um, four players. I think it's Ozzy Albies, Chris Bryant, um, and another player who I'm not remembering. Um, but uh, I just <laughs> made me remember that last year, two of the four players who were also paired in a at least one commercial together – uh, where Cody Bellinger and Fernando Tatis, who went on to have exceptional <laughs> seasons in 2022 for their team. So good luck to Freddie Freeman with that one. Um, um, so J.D. Martinez uh, on the, the 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 older side of variance uh, in this. I'm sorry, uh, I'm now, are you inventing the DQ curse? <laughs> I think so. Uh, we're, I believe last year was the first year of it. So it's first I remember. Um, well, last year too, but I mean, it also they also had Bryce Harper and Tim Anderson. Now you could argue Bryce Harper like with the elbow thing, but he also like hit a pennant winning home run. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I think I think it's not it's not a fully fleshed out idea. I thought I just thought that the fact that Bellinger and Tatis were in in like they were grouped. They together each had like a signature blizzard or something, right? Yeah, I think that's we need right. to figure out if there's some some like only if I, your blizzard has X. <laughs> oh, the, the the Blizzard ingredient yeah. index or whatever. Sorry, I, I distracted no, you. No, this is way more important than anything <laughs> we're talking about. Um, <laughs> now, I don't. I'm not anywhere near a Dairy Queen. I'm. I know. Like, I'm not really craving a Blizzard, but I kind of want one now just because you mentioned it. But um, so JD Martinez already has six doubles uh, and a triple. He had a triple on Sunday. He also hit a home run earlier in the year. Uh, Jason Hayward, uh, who was very much a question mark because he's been terrible and injured for the last two years. Um, he didn't start at any of the games in the opening series, but he, he started four times this last week and he homered in three of them. He's just been hitting the crap out of the ball, basically. Um, there's been like, you know, stragglers too. Max Muncy's four for 33 with six, 16 strikeouts. He's also... Struggled on defense. I think Mike Petriello put out a thing. The StatCast leaderboards are up for like some of the stats now. And uh, on outs above average, uh, he's one of the worst uh, so far because he's just had, he's just, it's been an adventure for, for Max Muncy so far this season. Chris Taylor has homered twice, but he's three for 24. David Peralta's four for 23. 
although he's been hitting the ball kind of hard too, uh, not but a lot of ground balls. Um, Miguel Rojas, two for 17. He also missed five games last week with a left groin strain uh, before playing again on Sunday. Now, how they manage that, we've seen this before where the Dodgers try to avoid the um, the injured list and trying to sort of gain on the back end of what would be like 10 games missed for a position player. And a lot of the times it's because like in recent years, like what are you going to do? Like call up Luke Rayleigh or something, you know, (laughs) and like, are you, what are you really gaining in this case? It's like, had they put Rojas on the injured list. So they call up Yanni Hernandez. What does that mean? Right? Like, is he going to, he's not, he might start a game in that span they don't, you know, there's a DH now. They don't really pinch hit much anymore. There's a little bit of maneuverability, but I think in all. Yeah, you gain a little maneuverability around the shortstop position. Like yeah. if you wanted to pinch hit a not Chris Taylor for. Sure. But it, but it's not much for sure. And then like, I think the Dodgers have used mostly. It's usually like 10 players a game instead of right. nine position players. So like you're, you might get one either late inning swap on defense or a pinch hitter or something. But yeah, it's just not they're not using like 13 guys a night. So like and and just the fact that there's not there's no double switching because I mean there's no pitcher hitting. So like it's just it, it's it's a weird situation where it's so odd because now you have to have a 13 player bench as as opposed to like teams carrying 14 pitchers and stuff. But they there's not a lot of use always for that like 13 bench guy or whatever, or 13 player. So it's just, it's a very weird thing, but in all, so like the Dodgers are five and five, it somehow feels worse than that, but I think it's just because of the timing, right? Like the last three, the last two games are especially bad, but they've also lost three in a row. So yeah, (laughs) you could, speaking of curses, um, Bob Nightingale, who, who tweeted as only he can um, (laughs) uh, after the first win in Arizona, uh, it was something like, oh, the Dodgers are back on top as usual or something, leading the NLS at 5-2. and two. Now, it's a pretty innocuous feat. I'm not knocking about it. It's just sort of fun. But it's just funny, like, how it was the shiniest object at the moment, and he just sort of pointed at it and said, <laughs> hey, look at that, you know. I just thought that was funny. But they are 0-3 since. Um, so if uh, if Bob Nightingale is eating a blizzard, be careful. Uh, that's <laughs> This week, uh, the Dodgers play uh, the Giants, as we mentioned, in San Francisco. And then they are back home to play the Cubs with the aforementioned uh, Dairy Queen sponsor, uh, Cody Bellinger, making his Dodger Stadium uh, return, along with Edwin Rios. Uh, I think he'll get a lesser ovation, but still a good <laughs> ovation. And Bellinger should get a very nice long ovation. That should be fun. Uh, so um, speaking of uh, Dairy Queen, wow, these, these segues are just stellar. Uh, <laughs> Freddie Freeman uh, so far. 11 singles, four doubles, a home run, and seven walks. Um, he's one of 14 L.A. Dodgers to reach base at least 23 times in the first 10 games of a season. Who holds the L.A. Dodgers record uh, for times reach base in the first 10 games of a season? And how many of the other players in between that player and Freeman can you name? Three. And oh, I will fuck. guess those three after this. Who holds the uh, Dodger record for uh, reaching base in the first 10 games? How many times? I have it on good authority that the record is held by Jackie Robinson with 30 times reached in the first 10 games. What do I get? Yep. That's that's the franchise record, but I asked who, the, who was the L.A. Oh, Dodger. Jackie I'm... Robinson did it his in 1953. The interesting part about that was uh, included... 14 walks and three hit by pitches. That, that, that guy was getting plunked and uh, just, yeah, it was rough, rough out there. And, uh, I, my, my hint to you uh, is the, the leader um, it, on this in the LA Dodgers is someone in the last decade. Okay. Um, and of the 14 players, uh, or I guess 13 besides Freeman, five are in the 2000s uh and that means like 2000 cents not not just 20 2000 to 2009 cody bellinger cody bellinger uh matched his dairy queen compadre uh with 23 times reach base in 2019 in the first 10 games that season ended well for cody bellinger i would say 
uh, yeah. Yeah. He had seven home runs in those first 10 games. <laughs> 18 RBIs, by the way. That's fun. So where is where is he on the list? Uh, though, so Bellinger, Freddie Freeman, and one other uh, okay. Dodger are, are tied for 12th. Okay. Hmm. So the, 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 leader, the leader has 28, by the okay, way. last 10 years, you said. Right? Just yep. confirming my hint, your hint. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you, you want? You, do you want another hint? No, no, no. I, I just okay. uh, I've done a really good job of reading these ahead of time to avoid yeah. exactly what's going on now. And I did not do this time around because somebody didn't send me the notes until uh, one Two minute minutes before recording. recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> not the last ten years, but I almost randomly said Casey Blick for no reason. Uh, <laughs> Um. Uh, let's see. Who uh, other uh, are the uh, uh, Corey Seager? No, but I my hint one hint to you is this person is an infielder. Max Muncy. No. Do, 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 do. I'll give you the year. Twenty fifteen. That's an awkward. No, like a transition year. Um, this person was 22 for 40, um, among other things. Alrighty. Adrian Gonzalez. That is correct. Yeah. He's, yeah. Started the year with like, I think it was five home runs in three games. He, one of those was a three home run game. Uh, he also walked six times, so 28 times. Um, do you want to take a shot at naming the other ones? So the other years... Are two two thousand eight, two thousand five, and two thousand twelve. It was an eight, two thousand five. Um, jeez, uh, I will. I've I've guessed one wrong name so far. Yeah. Uh, so I'll I'll, I'll I'll do my I'll do my yeah. I'll give myself two more wrong answers. Mm-hmm. Raphael for call. That is correct. He's uh, tied for third with twenty five times. To start 2008, if you remember that year, he got hurt relatively early. So he was like playing like an MVP level. Then he got hurt and missed forever. And then they got Manny Ramirez, who was playing like an MVP level. And then finally, Furcal came back at the very end of the year. So like it was a weird year. Russell. Um, oh, go ahead, Russell Martin. No, no, uh, no. Um, the other, the other two are an infielder and an outfielder. 2005 <laughs> was infielder. 2012 was outfielder. Okay. Um, I had I had one more name to guess and be wrong about, and then uh, yeah. Plum Plum forgot. Do I want to tap out? Jeff Kent. How about that? That's correct. Yeah. He's also also tied with Fercal, but in two thousand five, um, fifteen for thirty seven, five doubles, three homers, nine walks. Um, in those first ten games. Uh, you want to give a stab at the outfielder? 2012, you said? Yeah. Coming off a very strong year. Don't say that because it's going to make Yeah. No, I'm tapping out. It's going to take too long. Matthew Ryan Kemp. Uh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I would probably guess that sooner than I would have guessed. So, yeah. oh, well. I'm, I remember I'm content. in the early going. So I, I said from, three, I got three. <laughs> I'm, I'm that's, it's true. So I'm trying to think they're one of the games, uh, the, the home opener where, um, Aaron Harang struck out nine batters in a row out of nowhere. <laughs> um, Matt camp homered earlier in that game. And I think I was sitting next to Dylan Hernandez in the press box. And I, I turned to him and I go, you know, if Matt Kemp homers here, he'll be slugging a thousand, <laughs> and he homered right there. <laughs> so, yeah, but through through ten games, that included this game, I'm sure. Um, Matt Matt Kemp, uh, four eighty seven, five twenty three, one thousand twenty six slugging, six home runs, sixteen RBIs. Uh, it was a reasonably hot start for uh, Matt Kemp. Then he got hurt, and then things things got weird. Well, Good times. Thank you. I'm 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 happy with how I did. Yeah, but 
I uh, doesn't mean. And you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna change how I normally phrase this. Oh. I hope you do great Whoa. on these next four questions from Craig because it's time for with Jens and Craig. We love them. The Dodgers will celebrate Jackie Robinson Day this upcoming Saturday, and with that in mind, this week's trivia questions are about Dodger recipients of the now-named Jackie Robinson Award, a.k.a. the Rookie of the Year Award. The Rookie of the Year Award. (laughs) Ready? Yeah. The Dodger franchise has won this award how many times, Eric? 18. That's not, oh, yeah, well, you're yeah, reading yeah, notes. Yeah. Uh, 12 position yeah. players and six pitchers. Can Eric name the six pitchers who have won this award? Hopefully. Um, okay, so uh, Joe Black, 1952. Yep. Um, Rick Sutcliffe, 1979. Steve Howe, 1980. Some guy named Fernando in 1981. Mm hmm. Hideo Nomo in 1995. Um, okay, so now I I think I think the other one is Don Newcomb in 1949. You are correct. Okay, good. The first National League winner, right? Is that right? Yeah, because it was a unified the first. Oh, it was Major years, League the first yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And okay, uh, sorry, I have to bring my cheat sheet up. Otherwise, I am lost. Until Mike Piazza had one of the greatest rookie seasons in history, which Dodger franchise position player had the highest baseball reference B War season at four point oh six? Okay, so I, I'm taking a kind of a blind stab at this. this wait, is it, this is the wrong rookie of the years or just rookies? I'm on some rookie of the year winners. Okay, so. I because th- I think he walked like a hundred times. I'm gonna guess Jim Gilliam in 1953. No. Hmm. Then we have a problem. Um. Okay. So for position player. Four point six. Um. Ooh. I triple for confirming for you. Uh, he, this player did win rookie of the year. Okay. Okay. Um, so, hmm. Very interesting. Um, and this is before Piazza. So, oh boy. Um, is it Frank Howard? It is not. Do you want a decade? No. Um, but I, I will, I will. Okay. So I'm going to do one more guess. Um, Oh, I, th- hmm. I think I'm just going to say with very little conviction, uh, Steve Sachs. Uh, no, Jim LaFrude Bray. Yeah. yeah. I almost, I almost guessed him. Switch hitter, homers. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just say a bunch of words. <laughs> Six position players have stolen 10 or more bases in the, their rookie of the year season. Can Eric name these freshman thieves? <laughs> what a it. great phrase. And for bonus, can he pick the top four in order of most stolen bases? <sighs> okay. Um, okay. So Steve Sachs, um, I, I want to say he was in like, uh, he could have stolen like 52, but it, I think it was in the forties. So I'm just putting him there for now. Okay. Um, 1982. Um, Rookie of the year season. Um, then, then it gets tr- tricky. Um, okay. Uh, didn't steal much. Stole a little, maybe. Uh, <laughs> what a what a wonderful uh, way of my brain working here. Um, so, uh, hmm. I am I am struggling right now because I'm having a hard time. Okay, no, and then the fifties, no, like fifties was like the worst stolen base decade. So I'm kind of ruling out Gilliam, but I will get back to this in a second. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so I think I, I I'm pretty sure Raul Montesi hit 16 home runs in his 1994. 
rookie season. Um, and he, I think he stole like around that many. So I'm just listing him here for a second. Okay. Al Mondesi, 94. I don't remember how many. I, I, I'm going to say Bellinger stole a little more than him in 2017. Um, and then because I am just having a, a rough time figuring out the rest, uh, this is rough. Um, I will go. Ugh. I, and I, I'm not all that enthused about uh, how many bases Jim LaFever stole. I'm just going to go. I'm going to say Gilliam in fourth position there. All right. So T-Stack stole 49. Okay. So almost 50. Got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jackie Robinson stole 29. Ah, forgot about the, the Jackie <laughs> Robinson award winner. The literal <laughs> Jackie Robinson award winner. Yeah. Um, Jim Gilliam stole 21. All right. Todd Hollinsworth stole 21. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Raul yeah, Mondesi stole 11 and Cody Bellinger stole 10. All right. So I, I, I was, I was, you said some names nearing, that were up there. I was nearing the ballpark. <laughs> Four position players had career B war of 20 or higher as a Dodger. Who are these very good Dodger players? <laughs> kind of lost the source there for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no freshman thieves. Who, who are these ample Dodger players? No, um, <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, Jackie Robinson, Jim Gilliam. Uh, um, correct and correct. Uh, and then, oh boy. Oh, so I think Karos gets dinged because he was a first baseman. Um, um, Mike Piazza for sure. Yep. Um, now, and hmm, I think I think it's Bellinger. It is Raul Monsi. Okay. Yeah, Boy, always, Bellinger. Like I, I know he gets seen because he's the first baseman, but it still always surprises me how it, it low, low total B war Karras is. Yeah, like it, it's it's like okay, I I get it. He wasn't like you know great shakes or anything, but like. Was he that bad? Like, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. All right. I'm looking up because I um so Bellinger with the Dodgers, 17.7 B war. I, I, I would have guessed huh. I ate half a little less than half of that was MVP year. Yeah, rough. Max Muncy had a very good spring training, hitting 304, 418, 587, and 55 mm-hmm. plate appearances. He's got it off to a slow start. Striking mm-hmm. out 16 times and 31 at-bats. Given the roster construction, the Dodgers don't have a lot of options at third base, and Dave Roberts tends to be patient with his veterans anyways. But should Robert consider moving him down in the lineup until Muncy appears to be backed to his multi-30 home runs hitting self? Whew. I mean, probably. Like, <laughs> I don't like. So they could do right now, like without m- moving much. On days Will Smith starts, he's been hitting third. Um, and then they usually been going Max Muncy fourth against left righties, and then JD Martinez fifth or fourth against lefties, and then flip. Um, they because um, Austin Barnes started Sunday and then <laughs> later got ejected uh, <laughs> in, in a very dejected day for the team. Um, so they David Peralta, who not a slugger, uh, I would say. They just put him hitting third. Very, it was a very odd uh, lineup constru- construction that day. Um, and then they had um, it was followed by Martinez, then Muncie. Um, so, or yeah, I think it it would probably be fine if they moved Muncie down a little bit. Like, I don't know, like how, yeah, like I guess maybe have him figured out or. Unless they're like, like, really like seeing something where he's like really close, you know, or whatever, whatever they're gonna say. Um, but yeah, I don't. He doesn't really need to be hitting fourth, especially like in this lineup. You you basically can go Betts, Freeman, Smith, Martinez, and then figure out the rest. 
So, like, I don't think Muncie should be batting higher than fifth normally. Um, you you could like, um, are they going to move like Outman or Vargas to fifth or something? And no, that's kind of like yeah. you know, historically, Roberts has definitely used kind of lineup positions as a way to kind of instill like show confidence with any player, like you know, writing you know, putting them in sort of a position of honor. Maybe, you know, as truth, like, hey, we know you're going to get out of here. Um, yeah. But a way you could do this is definitely saying, like, out, uh, Outman and Vargas are just the hot hands, and we have to get them yeah. out of the, the bottom of the lineup. So you, you could do a thing where um, – so Outman's a lefty batter. I guess you, you could – it's just so weird. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you could go fully, like, into the left-right-left thing. So if you just keep Smith and Martinez third, fourth, you could go Outman fifth, Vargas sixth, Muncie seventh. That's probably the most extreme they would do. I don't think they're going to move Muncie to seventh unless he's like really something or whatever. But like, or you could just do, um, I guess, because then then if you go, Mun- uh, like say Vargas fifth, right? Or so, uh, and then mm-hmm. Muncie sixth. Are you going to have Outman seventh? So then you have two lefties there. So like then you don't. I mean they batted Outman eight some games, but like, um, so it's a very weird thing. Like in a in a weird way, not that you have to have Muncie up there, but I don't see him falling lower than sixth in the lineup. I guess, but he's probably just going to be fifth for a little bit. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I think just they just need him to hit generally, like, yeah. And whatever it takes to get there is going to be a thing they're going to try. But I guess I, he's probably got a, a longer rope than probably anyone thinks because I know last year, like he was, they were pretty stubborn about him, him sort of like a playing and b hitting like you know relatively middle of the order type. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's just gonna just kind of stay mostly where he's at. The most triples by a Dodger rookie in the last twenty years is the seven that Andre Ethier had in two thousand six. Does James James Outman have a chance of tying or going over that number this season? Note that uh, Outman hit nine triples in twenty twenty one and seven last season. He he's at two right now, right? Like he hit the two in one game earlier in the week. Sounds right. Um. Because I think, yeah, because they've hit, they hit two other triples Sunday, and I think those are their only four: Miguel Vargas and JD Martinez. Which <laughs> is fun. So seven triples is a lot. Um, Gavin Lux hit seven triples, led the league, tied for the league lead last year. Um, so I, th- I think he's going to tie Ethier. He's going to hit seven triples. He's going to beat it. Lock of the week. Put it in <laughs> well, the contest. I I am always rooting for someone to hit double digit triples. So if he gets to there, cool. Um, I I will say so. He had the two triples in the game, um, or last week against the Rockies. Um, he also uh, Alex Friedman of Oklahoma City pointed this out uh, in Triple A last year. Um, Altman also had a two triple game. It was one of his two cycles, which is <laughs> just, just an insane thing to say. He hit two cycles in five days for Oklahoma City. He's He's been doing okay for several months now. So, I don't think there's any chance the Dodgers would or even could option Bruce Dargratterall, but his inability to strike out hitters continues to be a sticking point. How do you suggest the Dodgers proceed with this problem? Yeah, so like he's still, like we talked about how bad the bullpen's been. He's had a couple shaky outings. Like he took the loss in the Sunday game in the opening series against Arizona, the 2 1 game. And it's just like he just doesn't miss enough bats, right? Like even if it's not strikeouts he, now, however, he usually does get fairly weak contact. But even like just like contact in general, your the stuff can happen, right? So like um, I just I think more, more than anything, it's going to limit him from ever being like anointed anointed like a clo- the closer, right? They're not going to go into a season and go well, he's our guy, like you know unless he makes like a dramatic improvement in that regard. Now he's still going to probably pitch important innings. 
because um, he's been pretty effective. He's generally been very good at like limiting hard contact, and like he gets a lot of weak contact. But it's just been, you know, sometimes you you, you need to like miss bats, and it's been an issue um, that he, he just hasn't been able to. But yeah, optioning him, I given the the current, for lack of a better term, options right now. Like, I don't see it. Like, I guess maybe later in the year if they have other pitchers, like, who are ready. Like, like Daniel Hudson is, like, he was maybe late April. That doesn't sound like it's going to happen now. And he was, like, the closest, I think, reliever who was who were of the Hurt guys to come back to. I don't really – like, they need Bruiser Gretel. I don't think they're going to option him unless mm-hmm. he's truly bad. Like, they, there's other pitchers who have been worse than him. Like, Alex Vesey also has options, and – he has been worse than Gratterall. Um, and, but, like, I don't see them optioning him either necessarily um, unless things go totally bad. But, like, um, yeah, I just think he'll he'll just be limited in that. He'll be more of the, like, a Pedro Baez type. Um, although they, they have given Gratterall occasional save opportunities. They, Baez very rarely got them. So maybe a little bit better, but um, just less so on the strikeouts. But I if he if he ever like figures out how to miss more bats, he could be great, like yeah. really good. So like I think they're they're sort of going to keep trying to unlock that and like keep giving him chances. So that's where I think that's where they're at with him. Growing up, we had fried corn tortillas as the vessel for the old school seasoned ground beef taco. Now most vendors use fresh corn tortillas. They're all <clears throat> they're they are also sold in stores. Those talk you can get this taco shells in stores. Yeah, Del Taco offers tacos and flour tortillas. What are your preferences when having a taco? Uh, okay, so like corn tortillas are great. When I make them at home, I almost always use flour because of the messiness. Now, if I'm going out to like um, getting like a street taco at a restaurant or something, I will. Those are always corn. Um, and they are generally very good. I just have a hard time um, finding use for them, mostly for this. So a couple things. I don't often make actual tacos at home. I, I might make taco ingredients, but just have it by itself. And what I generally use tortillas for is sometimes to do taco stuff. But mostly, so I could also make quesadillas, and it's very, it's more difficult to make a quesadilla with a corn tortilla than it is with a flour tortilla, uh, at least for me. Um, so I think I would prefer if I'm making them at home, I, or just having a, I, I, I generally have flour tortillas at home more than corn. Yeah. What about you? Uh, they're all good. Definitely yeah. prefer a soft taco. Uh, on, on either than the hard shell. There is a company here in Lawrence, Kansas, of all places, mm-hmm. uh, called the Caramello uh, Tortillas. They're flour, and they uh, they have a few varieties on differing how they, what fat they use to fry them in. So they have a pork fat one, a duck fat one, and an avocado oh. oil one. Oh and they God. are absolutely fantastic. Really, 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 not just not good for Kansas, good. Really, yeah. really good. And yeah, we use, um, and they're on the smaller end, not not super small, but fairly small. And we use those in for both quesadillas. I guess we've actually only ever used them for quesadillas because they, they, we just can't get enough of them. But we should give a. It's tough because I most authentic street tacos have cilantro in it. I can't have cilantro. That's true. Uh, so it's usually. If I have to be in control of it, and you know, I, I can say, "Oh no, cilantro," but I always feel weird doing that. So, I so the when I get cilantro to have it at home, it's almost always because I'm making salsa. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I I rarely use the actual cilantro like over the taco, you know, over whatever. Although that's great, like I like that. It's just I I don't like take that extra step when I'm home. I usually just get the cilantro because I'm putting this in something or whatever. But um. I will say, you know, generally the, the the soft tacos are the way to go for like the the true like like Mexican tacos. But I often have a craving for a hard shell taco. 
it's, it's weird because you know the Taco Bell thing is like it's such a unique like or not I don't know if unique is the right word it just has a very distinct like I think it's the crunch there's the um I don't it's like a, maybe the the thicker like saucy beef like in in the taco is is very distinct and like I think it's 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 definitely a nostalgic pull I think so like that that has a uh, a nice little pull to it where I was like okay I kind of want to have like I want to eat three Taco Bell tacos right now or something like that um, but like even I guess it just depends on the place but like I, I will I will eat a hard hard shell taco like as well <laughs> i mean but, i will too it's it's like, if, I yeah, you're right. if i have a preference that's that's where the line is yeah like if i yeah the 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 like the little street tacos and just having like a bunch of those or or, or something like that is is probably the the best way to go um and like as simple as possible you too mostly usually like meat uh for, for me, like cilantro and onion. Sorry, Jacob. Uh, and then so, uh, sometimes cheese. Although if I'm making them at home, I'll throw cheese on there. I will throw um, jalapenos and tomatoes and other stuff in there. Onions, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, God, I'm going to... We're <laughs> recording this during the day. So, like, it's actually better because it's almost lunchtime. Or it's past lunchtime for you, depending on when you're planning. But... Um, I'm going to go get tacos now. So All I right. think what a perfect way to end. Uh, the Dodgers may have ended their week terribly, but we ended our podcast deliciously because we're going to go eat tacos. I hope you are too. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with another episode of Three Innings Save Podcast next week. Thank you.